0: scoops with danny Mac, the podcast on 101 espn
1: welcome into the show the monday edition of scoops with danny mack on 101 espn i'm dan mclaughlin And as always, our producer and co-host, if you will, Colin Surrey. Colin, missed you on Friday. You were working the Fast Lane. Did you have a a good weekend, good show? I missed
2: you. We had a great show. The ongoing battle between the Fast Lane and the Riz (laughs) show has
1: been a riot. I loved it. Had a great weekend as well. Never really had weekends off during the summer months, so this is a little bit different for me. It's been a lifestyle change, did a little fishing, played golf, spent a lot of time with the family, so a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. On the program today, I'm going to visit with Dr. Rick Lehman. He runs the U.S. Center for Sports Medicine here in St. Louis, one of the top orthopedic surgeons in his field. There is a ton to get into with Dr. Rick concerning the coronavirus and the viability of the return of sports. Can this truly be done? Will there be enough testing? What about kids returning to camps this summer? How about the average American? What can you try to do to combat the virus? Dr. Rick Lehman will be my guest. Looking forward to that. All right. We start with baseball. Late Sunday night, the MLB Players Association sent another proposal to the owners. Jeff Passan of
0: ESPN. It is a 114-game proposal by the Major League Baseball Players Association. Season would start on June 30th, end on October 31st. I think the most important point here, though, is not the size of the season, which is up for negotiation, but a caveat that they put in there about if there is no post. season this year then they are willing to defer 100 million dollars in salary for players making 10 million or more in the season now it seems like you know we don't know if there's going to be a postseason or not we don't know if there's going to be a second wave of coronavirus the point is Owners have talked about having cash flow issues, and one way to alleviate cash flow issues is for players to defer money to the future. Now, they want these monies paid with interest, so it is deferrals with sort of a twist on it, but that being said, it opens the door potentially for more deferrals in an MLB proposal back to the Players Association. So,
1: 114 games. And that was going to be something that the players wanted so they can make as much money as they can. And as I have been saying since day one, if it's no salary cap, maybe you have to look with uh, how this is done with deferrals. Deferrals would be a necessary part of this, and maybe it potentially is. The sense of urgency to get a deal done, it's got to get done this week, I think. It's huge. If they're going to play 114 games or even 105, 110, they would have to cram that into four months. So time is of the essence.
0: MLB is going to reject this proposal. It's just an inevitability like it was inevitable that the players rejected MLB's proposal on Tuesday that included the pretty drastic pay cuts for players up and down. But the issue is going to be on the owner side. Now, there is a group of owners. It's a small group at this point. But there's a group that has been fairly vocal about there not being a 2020 season and what the benefits would be to that. And the question is, is this proposal going to give them more ammunition perhaps going forward and being able to bring some others onto their side? Or are they going to see this from the players as an olive branch saying, hey, let's find somewhere to meet in the middle. We've got a pandemic going on right now. We've got a crisis going on across the country where cities are burning. and. Are we really going to be the ones who can't come to a deal right now? If it wants to be the first professional sport in America to come back, then this week is going to be absolutely seminal.
1: Sure is. If a deal isn't struck for baseball, that would mean the sport is dark. For 17 to 18 months, there would be no guarantee that they would come back next spring. A year and a half is an eternity, and the American public will have moved on. Potentially, you could have... Let's say hockey, NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, golf, soccer, NASCAR, you name it. And the list goes on and on and not have baseball. All these other leagues have figured out a way to get back during a pandemic, potentially, and your sport baseball didn't. That can't happen. Buster Olney of ESPN.
3: When they're trying to come up with an agreement, the working relationship between the players and the owners is at its worst in about a quarter of a century. In the 2016 collective bargaining talks, the owners want a lot of financial ground, and the free agency that followed was not as lucrative as the players wanted, so the amount of distrust, the amount of suspicion in these negotiations is extremely high and both sides actually are, have their factions. We saw Matt Scherzer the other day tweet out about how from his perspective the players really are done negotiating when it comes to salary rollbacks. And on the owner's side, there are some owners who would be willing to shut down the sport right now for this year so they can mitigate financial losses.
1: Don't want to hear that. The players in this proposal talked about wearing microphones for broadcast. We talked about that. That would be a good thing. Doing an all-star game maybe in the offseason? How about a home run derby in the offseason to try and bring in as much revenue for the sport that they can?
3: To not get a deal done, the consequences are almost unthinkable. Uh, it probably would spin baseball into a long cycle of labor problems. Because remember, if they there is no baseball in 2020 and the coronavirus is still manifesting in the spring of 2021, they'd have to come up with agreement then. The collective bargaining agreement is set to expire in December 2021. I have people on the player side saying to me the players could use the option of striking in order to get what they want. And on the owner's side, there might be some owners feeling like, hey, you know what, we've lost so much money already. We're just gonna sit back, wait out the players. So a
1: key to this, a real key, the postseason. Baseball needs postseason TV money. MLB gets about $1.3 billion from its national TV partners, so nearly three-fourths of that is tied to the postseason. So have a regular season that gives a league a playoff format to try and recoup as much as they can. The idea of a 114-game season, good for the players, but for the owners, in a way, they say, well, what's the difference? Why do that? There are no fans in the stands. So you get the idea. This is a huge week for the sport. On the air comfort service, text line Danny Mack from the 314. Love how you start the show with tons of info. However, are you sick of talking about proposals for baseball? Mm. Not yet. Look, (laughs) I I love the game, and we live in a town that, that cares about this game, maybe more so than other places. And they need to play. It's really that simple. So, yes, those in the sport are going to take a haircut financially. We all get that. However, it comes down to the health of the game and the sport long term. If a deal doesn't get done, I I think it could be catastrophic. If a deal is reached this week, it's not like it's all forgotten. But, hey, they're on the field and the sport moves forward. And we say, eh, bygone, be bygone, let it go, right? As I've stated from day one, if they can't play because of safety and health protocols, that's one thing. But not a season because of economics. That's an aspect of this that hurts the sport now, next year, and for years to come. Uh, Let's see here. From the uh, 573 on the Air Comfort Service text line, Danny Mack loving the show. Which side are you on? Owners or players? Neither. Really neither. I I can see how this plays out on both sides. The issue I have is the complete distrust that each has with the other. And of concern to me has been Rob Manfred. I see how Gary Batman got a deal with the players, and that to me is amazing. This is a commissioner that lost an entire season, didn't award a Stanley Cup, and he's getting a deal done. Adam Silver of the NBA, he's working in conjunction with his players. Unless it's being done behind the scenes, I'm just not seeing it being done with baseball. So if this goes beyond 2020, you know, this is about next year and the following year as well. And again, who's to say that baseball would come back, you know, the way that we want it? If they can't get a deal done during a pandemic when every other sport is doing so, do we see baseball next spring with another agreement having to get done after next year? Players could strike. I get it. The emotions right now, they're pretty raw. Dana White, who runs the UFC,
4: has figured out a way to get sports back. No, it's awesome, and it needs to happen sooner, man. These other leagues got to start moving faster so we can re- really start to feel normal again. It's, it's amazing when you don't have live sports, you realize how important they really are and how we need them as human beings. It um, can be done. The, I'm telling you, the biggest the biggest problem isn't COVID-19. COVID-19 it, it isn't the reason these all these sports leagues can't go. These guys can figure it out. It's financial. It's, it's, it's financially. This is a massive financial burden on uh, on everybody's company. I mean, where you guys work too, when you guys, if and when you guys go back to work, it's it's a huge financial burden to, to do all the things that you need to do um, to comply with keeping the place safe. And I, I truly believe that's the real reason that you haven't seen any of the majors come back yet because they're they're looking at what it's going to cost them.
1: It is financial. He's
4: right. Follow
1: the money. So let's just say that the safety protocols are agreed upon. Baseball doesn't come back because of money. Then are you coming back to the sport if and when they play? And I'll say this, and I've been saying it from day one, and I'm trying to be positive. I think baseball is going to play. There's just too much to lose. However, to get to that point, it's going to be ugly. It already has been. It won't be pretty, but there's just too much to lose this year and beyond. The Lance Armstrong, 30 for 30, finished up last night, and he comes across as narcissistic as somebody could possibly be.
2: This is going to sound terrible, but I am relevant. I am. And I get that. Look, I know that every headline starts with the word disgraced or disgraceful or some version of that word disgrace. Look, the story is so polarizing, and it's just it will always be that way. And I know that by knowing it i don't expect it to
1: change i don't want it to change i'm not trying to will it to change it's complicated it is complicated on certain fronts for instance his foundation raised millions millions and awareness in the fight against cancer that was wonderful that was a positive in all this in other ways it's really not that complicated he cheated he doped he cheated and we bought it pretty simple the NBA is getting closer to returning, and LeBron is getting this going for his team and the league, according to Brian Windhorst.
0: He has reached out to his few teammates who left Los Angeles during this time and checked on them when they were going to come back, which was their way. his way of saying, uh, get back to L.A. So a couple of teammates are playing this week. Um, LeBron has been organizing activities. Um, obviously, you can't organize an entire team practice, but he has. Several teammates at a time, working out together, including Anthony Davis. Uh, as you saw them, we have a bike ride yesterday. And he is, from what I understand, talking to people all across the league, he has been a driving factor in getting everything going. He wants to play. He's getting ready. Made
1: me wonder, is there a baseball player that is driving the other players to get ready? And sure, they're working out, waiting for the call. But, the, you know, the galvanizing force, someone that's got a lot of weight in the league, just a player, among the players that can get it going like the LeBron, uh, LeBron does in the NBA. I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't. Make me think. I always love getting your text messages. Air Comfort Service text line. Danny Mac, do you think the owners could tarp the seats with sponsorships to help offset ticket revenue lost? Absolutely. I definitely do. I think you could, you know, if, if you envision like a field goal when you're watching the college game and it's got the All-State uh, with the, the netting behind... I think that's something you could consider going down the right and left field lines, maybe even in the uh, the walls, left center, right center, the outfield wall, the different camera angles that you're allowed to, to put into the ballpark because there's going to be no paying patron at the ballpark. So you're not blocking the view of somebody that paid to be there and how you shoot the game then with the signage behind them. You can get unique looks there. Uh, 319. Dan, when baseball is back, I will be ready and watching. I love the game and feel it would be a great bake, uh, break from reality. I'm with you. I agree with you. Um, I, and that's why I say I, I think people will come back. If if they shut the sport down, though, there's going to be some that say I'm done. That's just that's going to happen. It will. And there's going to be some that say, hey, it's part of it. I've, I've been through the... Work stoppage in 94. I saw what happened almost in 02. Uh, it's been going on since I've been watching the, the game as a kid. And I, I just know that's part of it. I love the game. I'm coming back. Could happen. The Air Comfort Service text line is always open. 65780. Send me a Rhino Shield mic drop. When we come back, it's a visit with Dr. Rick Lehman on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: One of my favorite guests, anytime I talk to him, he makes me think, and I love visiting with him, good friend, Dr. Rick Lehman, who runs the U.S. Center for Sports Medicine and is considered one of the world's top orthopedic surgeons and specialty, clearly, in sports. And as always, uh, Doc Lehman, my friend, good to talk to you. How are things?
5: Everything's good. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you safe? Everybody okay in your family? everything's good. I mean, you know, we've been through, I think the whole country has been through a lot, but, uh, Luckily, uh, everyone's healthy. How, how's your family?
1: Everybody is healthy. We're going a little stir crazy, as you know. I got four kids that are uh, fourteen and under, so um, you can imagine. Wow. <laughs> you can imagine it gets a little stir crazy without sports. They're active, and there's a lot of things I want to get into with you because you you run the gamut on all this stuff. Um, that's one of the things you you let me right to it. Just kids and competing this summer in camps or getting back to Little League Baseball or whatever the case may be. How safe is it, uh, Rick, as you look at this, and a lot of parents are wondering the same thing. Will my kid this summer be able to get in the pool or to camps, those kind of things?
5: Well, you know, I think there's two issues. I think the one issue of children being safe, you don't really have to worry about. And and, and that means I think children, adolescents, young people, healthy people really have very, very little to worry about. So I think swimming baseball camps, football camps, etc. I, I would have very, very little concern. Now, whether the country is ready to open up and allow people to get a little bit closer, uh, allow kids to be together, families to be together, and kids to compete is a whole different issue. And I think we have to get past this fear or this concern in terms of trying to protect everybody in the country from getting the virus. And if our goal is for not one person To get the virus, I think at that point we're going to see camps not open and baseball not come back at Little League level. I think if we can get past the idea that, hey, if kids get the virus, they're going to be fine. I think the country's going to be fine.
1: Are are there certain sports that you look at, Rick, and you say they're going to be okay? Not to say that they're COVID-proof, but more so than contact sports, football, for instance. Are are there certain sports that you see that could get through this maybe a little bit better than others?
5: Uh, Absolutely. So the the sports, and we've seen it at the professional level, I think golf, tennis. So I think individual sports are fine. Swimming, uh, soccer, where kids are a little further apart. And I think the issues are going to come in in basketball and football. And I think football is particularly problematic, just because hey, everybody's together, kids are sweating, kids are blocking, tackling, and there's no way to to really socially distance or separate. And again, that's going to be at every level. But at that level, I think parents really can be confident that hey, this is not a risk in terms of my child. If my child gets some type of uh, COVID virus, he's going to be fine. There's going to be lots of kids that get some association with the virus, whether it's your grandparents, teachers, etc. cetera. And I think at the end of the day, you know, lots of kids are going to have antibodies and lots of kids, just like influenza A and B are going to have some association with the virus and they're going to be fine for it.
1: Dr. Rick Lehman is my guest, runs u s. Center for Sports Medicine right here in St. Louis. He's worked with a number of Olympic athletes, pro athletes, across the board, college, high school, you name it. And Rick has had a hand in it. I, I want to go to the pro sports, and they're all trying to come back at, at you know, some level or another. But the ones that you talk about the most, basketball, hockey, and baseball. The plans that are being rolled out, what are the pros and cons of what you see to make this thing work, and can it work?
5: Well, conceptually, it's a great idea, right? You're going to put everybody at the wide world of sports in the NBA, or you're going to play hockey in two cities or four cities, or you're going to play baseball in in defined areas. But I think you have a couple of issues in baseball. uh, I know personally, in talking to a number of professional baseball players, which I would consider friends, they're not all that excited about flying into Chicago or flying to New York and playing baseball. So I think you have issues with every sport. And, and if you look at the separate sports, you know, what are you going to do if, God forbid, you have a family emergency, one of the athletes, Mike Trout has to leave and he has to come back. You're going to quarantine him for two weeks? Because that's what's being discussed. Are you really going to do 10,000 COVID tests in Major League Baseball a week? That's what's being discussed. So I think there's a lot of logistics that really haven't been worked out that I don't know that they're able to be worked out. So I think for us to go back and play hockey with no fans or basketball with no fans in isolated areas doesn't really work for the sports market of the United States of America, and I think that's going to be a problem. So I think as long as you're going to take all the fans out of the process, number one, and number two, you think you're going to separate – Everybody. And who's at risk? The risks are going to be the managers, the ancillary staff, the the third base coach who might be 65 years old and smoked his whole life. Players aren't going to be at risk. And I think if you're going to try to protect all people at risk, I don't think it works.
1: You you mentioned the COVID tests and the amount of testing that would have to be done specifically with baseball. As you visit with other doctors and medical uh, personnel across the country, will the testing be readily available and, and, and be able to be administered for the sport, but also not take away from the frontline workers that need it most?
5: Well, that's an interesting question. That question has been asked over and over again. So now you're taking 10,000 tests out of the system a week, and that's what the plan is. I don't think it's realistic, but that's what the plan is. Number two, right now the test is sticking a swab in your nose almost all the way up to your brain, And those baseball players are only going to do that once or twice, and they're not going to be down for doing that every week. It's very uncomfortable. It's not a pleasant test. Then who's going to administer 10,000 tests in Major League Baseball? Where are you going to get those personnel from? And then lastly, and maybe most importantly, you know what the pushback's going to be if you're you're pulling 40,000 tests out of the general public? so Major League Baseball can get their testing. I mean, Noel Syndergaard had an elbow surgery, and everybody went crazy, and now you're going to take 40,000 COVID tests out of the system so we can have Major League Baseball. So I think there's there's some issues that, that the public are not going to be accepting of, and I also think that there's some logistical issues. Again, who's going to administer 10,000 tests? If you do four tests in an hour, which is about the best you can do, who's going to administer? Where are you going to get all these personnel from to do
1: these tests in in terms rick i I know you work with a ton of of college football players uh and nfl players and it's not going to start up until the fall now you're going to have workouts and various things just to get ready for the season uh do you see football coming back in the fall
5: Uh, i think football is going to come back in the fall at some level Uh, i know the sec is dead set on playing Uh, i'm somewhat concerned about the west coast teams because california shut down they're much more conservative. And I don't know that they're going to allow that to happen. A lot of the schools are saying, hey, we're not going to have football until we have students. And I think it's unlikely that the UCLA's and the USC's and some of these schools come back with all the kids on campus in the fall. I can see you know, a lot more likely having school, college on television than I can see on the campuses. So on the West Coast, I'm not sold that we're going to have football. I know that in Boston... It's been shut down. The kids are not coming back in August. It's going to be all Zoom, etc., online classes. So I think you're going to have some striations in the country, uh, but it would not surprise me if the SEC said, you know, we're, we're doing this, come hell or high water, we're going to have football, and then I think you're going to have areas of the country that say, no way, we're not taking the chance.
1: Dr. Rick Lehman is my guest. Um, in terms of this virus, and I'm average Joe – and I'm listening to this interview. Okay. Well, I am average Joe. It's all good. Okay. So we all are. Um, uh, but I'm not a pro athlete. Um, who's susceptible to get this, Rick? I mean, give me the, the the bare bones of this thing. We all can see it and read about it on television or in the newspaper online, but in, in terms of what you're seeing. Um, I'm a healthy guy and what do I need to do or woman to make sure that I don't have it? And who would be susceptible? Who are you seeing that's susceptible to this virus?
5: So it's a great question. So, so the first thing is who's susceptible to the virus and it's people that are generally unhealthy. One, people who are vitamin D deficient. One thing we can all do, and we'll talk about this in a second is take vitamin D three and that's going to help you probably as much as anything and taking an aspirin. Why take an aspirin? Because what happens is you get clotting in the lungs and aspirin slows down the clotting in the lungs or stops the clotting in the lungs. But who's susceptible? So it's probably people over the age of 80, certainly people that are unhealthy. So obesity is a big factor. Diabetes is a big factor and lung disease. So chronic smokers, asthmatics, they're at risk. And those people, without a doubt, need to shelter in place. They need to stay home. They need to stay away from crowds and they need to be safe. I think the average person, the average Joe, what's he need to do? Number one, he needs to take zinc. Number two, he needs to take some type of colloidal silver. You can buy it on the internet. It's inexpensive. He needs to take his vitamin D3. He probably needs to take an aspirin every day. And I think the rest of the issues you can pretty much stay away from. I I don't know that wearing a mask quite honestly does anything. I don't know that social distancing is as big a deal. I think you should wash your hands. We should all wash our hands. But I think if you have a healthy immune system and you're generally pretty healthy and you don't have diabetes and you're not, you don't have a BMI over 30, you know, you're not overweight. I think your risk of getting sick from this virus is very small. And the people that I know that have been unhealthy that got the virus, quite honestly, did fine. And and some of them we know are friends of both of ours. And I can tell you They did fine. They were sick for four or five days, six days, and boom, came out of it, no issues. I think the people that are having a lot of trouble are in high-density areas, Chicago, New York. Those people all live on top of each other. Generally, they're unhealthy. There's no way for them to shelter in place, and there's really no way for them to stay away from large numbers of people with the virus. So nursing homes, etc., those are the places you get in trouble.
1: We hear that sports will not return at least... Uh, there could be some, but not big, big, huge 45,000 crowds packed in, uh, unless there's a vaccine. We've, we've heard that a lot. So what are you hearing from your counterparts in terms of a vaccine? Where are we in, in a timeframe of, of trying to get that to the, uh, the American public?
5: So I I think realistically, I, I would hope we get a vaccine by the end of this year. Everyone who says we're going to get one in fall is that's just media hype. That's not going to happen. Hopefully, we get one by the end of the year. And hopefully, and this is more important, the virus is going to be well-distributed. So, it's I mean, the vaccine is going to be well-distributed. So, one of the issues isn't just getting the vaccine. It's getting 250,000 doses of the vaccine, making sure the vaccine is safe for the masses, and then getting it distributed so people take it. The thought process is that about 50% of the country will take the vaccine if it's available. So, everyone's not going to take it. That's just numbers. That's just math. But I would hope that by the end of the year, Christmas time, early January, the vaccine's available for the masses. And I think if that happens, just like you said, rock concerts, uh, baseball at Bush Stadium, where you've got 30,000, 40,000 people, large gatherings, I think people are going to start to feel safe. Right now, if you open up Bush Stadium, you're probably going to have 25, just like restaurants, you're probably going to have to have 25% participation I think that's a tough
1: ticket. And I'll I'll wrap it up with this. And I I find this always fascinating when I visit with you on every different type of medical issue, especially as it pertains to sports. Good Lord only knows what's going to happen a year from now. But, you know, go, go, uh, let's say, you know, uh, June 2021. What are we doing as a society? Where are we as a society in terms of dealing with this virus? What do you think?
5: Well, you're right. You can't you can't read the tea leaves. And one of the problems is you don't know if the virus is gonna come back in the fall. And I would tell you that in June of 2021, many, many people are gonna already have had the virus, have the antibodies. I think all the fervor is gonna die down. I think what you're gonna see is things reverting almost back to normal. You might see some segments of the population, older people, et cetera, wearing masks. I think the idea of social distancing is gonna be gone. And I, but, but I do think the people that are at risk are gonna be much more aware. And I think they're gonna be much more keen about making sure they get the vaccine. And I think you're gonna see always health personnel or much more likely health personnel wearing masks and being very careful in terms of getting close to people, taking temperatures, taking your correct history, etc. But I think in terms of baseball and sports, I think by next year and one year, I think we're pretty much back to normal.
1: It's Dr. Rick Lehman, runs a U.S. Center for Sports Medicine right here in St. Louis. And again, one of the world's top orthopedic surgeons. Specialty in sports, but uh, really specialty in anything that concerns medicine. Doc, great stuff. Always appreciate you. Thanks so much.
5: Danny Mac, thank you very much.
1: Fascinating stuff with Dr. Rick Lehman. Want to get your thoughts. Text line is wide open. The Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Mic drop. Rhino Shield mic drop. Hey, interesting stuff with uh, Dr. Rick Lehman. Want to get your reaction to that. Also, the opening monologue. And it's a Monday. This is Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101
6: ESPN
1: time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, 1037 here in St. Louis. 101 ESPN presents Play Gloria. The St. Louis Blues run to the cup every Thursday and Friday night. Hear the replay of two classic games from the Blues run to the cup. Relive each game with added insight, behind the scenes commentary, Chris Kerber, Joey Vitale, Alex Ferrario. This Thursday night, Blues Bruins game five, and then on Friday Blues Bruins game seven. Pre-game starts at six, play-by-play at seven play gloria the St. Louis Blues run to the cup is brought to you by Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Cooling from the 434 taking my son Ozzy to a baseball game is all I care about so I can teach him why I love the game don't care how it happens but please figure it out soon i think everybody figures uh, <laughs> that's the way that we all want to feel we want to see baseball back we miss it we miss sports there is no doubt about that. We have got about, I mean, tons of text, 65780 on the Air Comfort Service text line. Rhino Shield, mic drop, we go to Steven.
6: Danny Mac, you wouldn't think that Major League Baseball could possibly challenge the NFL when it comes to media and PR blunders. But uh, I'm thinking if they don't make a deal, they'll be there. I know right away people tend to think of the players first because they use social media to air out their laundry, so to speak, and they're, you know, they're out there in front of this. But some of the owners are complicit, too. The A's decide not to pay their minor leaguers. The team's worth over a billion. It would have cost just under a million dollars to do so. That's a bad optic and un- unacceptable.
3: couple
1: things that you say uh, caught my attention. Number one is that in 1994, last labor stoppage and work stoppage, you didn't have social media. So you're hearing a lot more from players now than you ever have in the past concerning the issues that... Uh, confront them and to the point of media i'll take it a step further Stephen. how about advertising and if you don't play this year you're asking advertisers to come back and invest in you when you're not investing right now that would concern me that would really concern me 314 sorry danny mac but there are no lebron james and baseball only has scott boris talked about it on friday the Boris thing is interesting because he is the, the top agent in the sport. He controls billions of dollars. Uh, he had a hell of an off season. He signed over a billion dollars worth of contracts. And obviously when players get cut, he's getting cut. But I still go back to this, and it kind of goes back to even the social media thing. The only two people that I really want to hear from should be the commissioner and the players association, the rep or the executive committee. And that's it. And if you're asked, if you're a player, you know, what do you think about what the owner said in this? And what do you think about that? The the response to me, for me, would be this. And I, I think they should do this. Just say, look, we are looking forward to getting back on the field and bringing fans baseball. Well, what do you think about this? I am looking forward to getting back on the field and playing baseball. Because the leaks right now on both sides they're ugly and fans don't want to hear it that that's a problem with what's going on right now 314 baseball is circling the drain as we speak if they don't plug it this could be the beginning of the end i'm not going to go that far um clearly it's it's not pretty but if they get a deal done today Well, we're talking about what the lineup is for Mike Shilton, Game 1. That's what we're talking about tomorrow. So we forget very quickly. We don't worry about the money once it gets done, once a deal gets done. Uh, 319, Dan, when baseball is back, I will be ready and watching. I love the game. It would feel like a great break from reality. That's part of why this is important to get back. Uh, If you watched your television all over the weekend, you saw cities burning, you're seeing racism, which is awful, it's ugly, it's terrible. We've been dealing with a coronavirus for three months. There's nothing positive right now when you turn on your local news or the national news. Um, You're right, sports is a diversion and that's another great reason why we need to bring it back. We need to bring it back. Let's go to Joshua on the Rhino Shield mic drop.
2: Okay, worst case scenario, if there wasn't a 2020 season, for all the aforementioned reasons, it is so hard for me to see even the most casual fan walk away from this game. It's so fundamentally American. I mean I, I can see them saying, okay, I won't invest anymore, you know, financially, and they may not want to even emotionally. But after everything we've been through this year, they'll want baseball. And there's so many ways that you can enjoy the game without spending a dime.
1: There are, but you got to get the game back first. Man, I think people would love to sit down and watch the games on TV. Now I'm a little biased to that. <laughs> I think i think we little all bias all on that one. We'd go for
2: anything at this point, Dan. I think you know, it's however you can get it done. It's at that point. It that feeling of desperation has to be there on both
1: sides. This is it. This is it. Um I I, I understand both sides. I really do. I, I You know, if I'm an owner and I'm going to be losing money and I've been in the business of losing a lot of money, uh, I'd be upset, no question. Um, And if I'm a player, I'm saying my shelf life in this game, generally speaking, on average, is three to five years and I'm going to lose this season, maybe lose next season, CBA after that. Now, if you said to players you're going to have 17 to 18 months dark and you're not grabbing a paycheck, and that could be part of the owner's thinking here, is that they're going to be desperate to come back to work, probably, um, and you break the union. Is that what you're trying to do? Maybe. But the thing that you have to remember, too, is that you have a greater responsibility. This is not 1994. This is not 02. This is a pandemic. This is cities burning over the weekend. Um, This is something that people could look forward to in our country. And, by the way, you have the opportunity to be the first of the major professional sports to come back. Uh, you're looked at as okay, you figured it out. You're a beacon of light, you're something I look forward to, it's important. Um, that that's gotta be a part of this. And I, I know a lot of times it comes down to money, if not all the time. But here's the interesting part, Colin, and I don't know if our listeners agree, but since this has all come out, I, I've not heard much about the testing. You know, I'm not hearing much about the the health aspects of this. And it's it's been all about the money more so than the health aspects. And, and can you pull this thing off? I don't know. I mean, I'd love to find out if we can figure it out. But if the, if the health protocols are there and the players feel comfortable enough with it, then it's got to happen because if it's coming down to money that you can't agree on, that is a bad look for the sport. Bad.
2: It's, it's a terrible look. And Dr. Lehman brought up some excellent points in the reality that everyone is going to face when they try to come back. I mean, the amount of tests. How do you get that amount of people to administer those tests even and to do it multiple times a week, possibly every other day some sports have talked about. That is an entire workforce in and of itself that the owners have to consider. And you wonder if that's part of their thinking of why this isn't financially
1: reasonable for them. I would think that they've had to have thought and exhausted just about every option of what the testing looks like when they put out the 67 page report and left no stone unturned. Um, and if you have a pre existing condition, you're diabetic, Jordan Hicks is diabetic. You know, I understand if a player says, I, I just don't feel comfortable. I get it. And if I've made generational money and my in-laws or my mom and my dad are, are watching my kids and they're 75 years old or whatever the case may be, 80 years old, and they have a pre-existing condition, I don't want to bring that home. And if I've made my money, I understand if a player says, I don't want to do it. I really do. The, I don't think you can knock a player for that. If, if it comes down, though, to where owners and players can't agree on the money, then that's where the that's that's the rub. Um, the The health issue is something that every individual is going to have to understand on their own terms. The risk that is inherently involved in this, um, I would say, though, if you said to you know guys that are making, let's say, the minimum, or they're not even arbitration eligible yet, sixty five percent make under a million bucks. A lot of those players are going to say, if not all. If I don't have a pre-existing condition, I'm going to play because I need to play. I need to keep my skills sharp. I want to make money next year. I want to make sure that I'm staying sharp for this year and make some kind of money and recoup what I can. Um, But again, if you're you're Mike Trout and his wife is having a baby or you're Adam Wainwright, you got five kids at home. um, And I'm just throwing their names out there. I don't know where they stand on this. But those kind of guys that have made that kind of money and they say, "Eh, I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. I I can't begrudge that and I don't think anybody would. I really don't. It's a health issue that you have to decide on your own. It's
2: an individual decision, no doubt about it. And the thing that I sort of worry about with baseball is that a lot of these higher paid athletes are the ones that don't have the incentive really to come back and you're talking about possibly cutting their pay as well.
1: How many of these superstars are actually going to decide to show up when the time comes? Let's see 980 tests shouldn't be a problem with the numbers going down and as a truck driver I deliver to Walmart and Sams and Walmart and Sams are testing every employer uh, or every employee. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Um, let's see 980 uh, zero again I'm sick of the leaks on both sides I just want to hear about baseball. I get it. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll talk a little bit more baseball tomorrow, but I thought it was interesting to get Rick Lehman's uh, perspective on this and someone that's been in the medical field for decades and, and how it pertains to Little League, the kids, swimming, camps, pro baseball, pro football, basketball, college. Interesting stuff. Thanks for all the text messages. Sorry, I can't get to all those. The Rhino Shield mic drops. We'll cross it over with Ribs and BK next on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101
6: ESPN.
1: and BK coming up. This is the crossover. A reminder, I'll have the Redbird Report coming up at 6 tonight. Larry Walker, Rick Horton, and Matt Carpenter all guests coming up at 6 on the Redbird Report. All right, guys, let's start with this. BK, what do you have coming up on the show? Coming up today, uh,
2: Braden Shin is going to be joining us at noon. We've got Mari Brown talking about baseball hopefully getting back eventually. He'll be coming up at 12.30.
1: Players, have they been uh, agreeable in hockey to do interviews and talk about what's going on now?
6: And, and, And did they stop for a while just to make sure that the rhetoric was out? Yeah, there was a pause overall because, and I think that was kind of team-imposed, just like, hey, let's take a step back here before somebody says something maybe they regret. Because, you know, we are, like, our our opinions sometimes, people treat it as fact, yeah, right? So you get a player that'd be like, voice his opinion or his concern over COVID-19 at the start of it, and all of a sudden you're walking it back for three weeks because of something that was wrong. So I think everybody just took a little breather. But for the most part, honestly, the guys have been great. I mean, we've had Doug Armstrong. We've had the Chief on here. We had Colton Pareko. I mean, a lot of guys have been awesome about coming out and talking about it. And we plan to have a pretty good lineup here moving forward, too.
1: I'm excited, man. I'm so excited that I've been thinking a lot over the weekend about how hockey comes back and... I am concerned about the injury factor early on. I, I think that's something that in any of these sports, you just roll out the puck or roll out the ball and say, go get them, uh-uh, especially when it's not regular season. This is playoff hockey, man, and, and that has got to be of concern for these teams, I would think.
6: Yeah, it's got to be a concern. I mean, you can only go so hard yeah, when you're at home and training. And then when you have practice and even the training camps, guys aren't going to be going as hard as they possibly can because you don't want to hurt each other. Uh, with, to your point, the injury is going to be there; it's going to be present. So, but you know what? Just like any other time uh, for playoffs, usually you have the grind of the season, and then there's possibility of injury because guys get you know beaten down. Well, now you have the possibility of injury because guys just their bodies aren't ready. So. You know, this is going to be a complex playoffs to, to watch. It's going to be fun, and there's going to be a lot of variables that pop up throughout the playoff system, the, the play-in, the round rob, and all that stuff. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I was asked on the show about signage, you know, in the ballpark with no
1: fans. And so I do think you're going to have really unique camera angles as it pertains to baseball and being able to shoot maybe eye-level to where you get some of the signage along the wall. Uh, I'm interested in hockey, too, with the netting, which we know about, but Mm -hmm. how much advertising will go on the netting, and then it's incumbent on that camera person, men or women, um, that shoot the games of how they shoot it. So you're a wide angle, you're going to be wider for the radio guys to follow the puck better. I'm really
6: curious to see how that, that all plays out. I think to, to what I'm being told is that the boards would be kind of like green screens. So okay. the advertising wouldn't even, the, the players will be playing on a surface with like barely any advertising and they're going to fill those areas digitally throughout the game because if they have the hub cities, each team has commitments to certain sponsorships locally. So the home team that night, like let's say, you know, Dobbs auto tires, right? Right. You know, right. That would be present on the boards when the Blues are playing and other major sponsors that they would have here locally would be in the netting, would be behind the nets. Uh, even they're trying to work on putting it on the ice digitally. Interesting. I, I was
1: I don't know if you guys were surprised. I thought the blues would be one of the hub cities because of that, because the dasher boards and whatnot are all up to date. They've been here for the All-Star game. They were just here for the Stanley Cup. And the the whole building has been You know, it looks like a new building when you go in there. That's why I thought that they might do that in St. Louis. I think this is all going to come down to the hotels.
2: I think they had their mindset that Las Vegas was going to be the spot because of the hotels. And they put out this long list of cities that they're considering. It's the worst kept secret in hockey. Every reporter that we've had on for a month now has said the Western Conference is very likely going to be based in Las Vegas. So. I don't know why they put out the other seven cities from the Western Conference. I don't know what the point was of that. But I don't think St. Louis should lose any sleep from this. Because even if they were included in the list of seven, they weren't going to be picked. It was going to be Las
1: Vegas. Final
6: point. You're sending guys out to Vegas. Are they going to stay self-quarantined? Well, the good thing about it is Vegas isn't Vegas right now. Okay? Vegas is kind of quiet and dormant right, right now. So that's that's the only positive. Otherwise, I'd probably be a little apprehensive.
1: I wish I could be covering those games. I'd love to go to Vegas. <laughs> I would imagine there's going to be a few pool parties that are quarantined. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. I'd be a part of it. Ribs BK, looking forward to it. Colin, great job, and I'll talk to you tonight at 6 on 101 ESPN.
0: You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.